Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. During my time in culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer. I continued my studies in beer at grad school at NYU, and since then I have been a beer director, beer bar general manager, and I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Every week I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So, in this special episode, we are uh, closing the circle here. So, for those of you who listen every week, one, I appreciate you, but two, you might recall that I had uh, Drew McCormick and Michael Stein on the show, Uh, Michael Stein being the senior staff writer for DCBeer.com and education chair of DC Homebrewers Club, and Drew McCormick, the executive beverage director for Pizza Paradiso in all of its many wonderful locations. Uh, So had them on the show and we talked about beer judging, what that process looks like, what beer competitions look like. We looked at home brewing competitions um, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to have a homebrew competition uh, in partnership with the DC Homebrewers Club at Pizza Paradiso. The winner would get to scale up their recipe with DC Brow and then that would be sold at all Pizza Paradiso locations. So, we've got Drew back on. We have Mike via phone. Hi, Mike. Hi, Sarah Jane. How are you? I'm good. So, did I get that all right? We, we did all these things? Yes. Okay. Yes. Nailed it. So, <laughs> um, I was very, very honored. I was asked to judge this competition. So, I want to talk through what that process was like, um, why you guys made the decisions you did um, to do judging this particular way. So, there were six judges in total, correct? Yep. Six. Okay. <laughs> um, ranging in palettes, but also, um, you know, all very experienced. You know, we had a certified beer judge there, um, Jeff from DC Brow. Some of the, can you can you help me out with the judges here? Yeah, Drew? yeah. Um, we had Jeannie from the DC Home Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, which you mentioned. We had Aaron, who's the assistant beverage director for Paradiso. Um, Ruth, who's the owner of all the Paradisos. Um, and then we had uh, Matt, who is one of the owners and founders of Patton Brewing Company, which is coming soon to Hyattsville. Um, and he's a real sort of yeast nerd and expert on mm-hmm. all things. Yeast all wrangler. Yeah, yeast, yeast wrangler. Yeast wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, so I got his title wrong. <laughs> we had, okay, so there were 40 uh, submissions. Yeah, correct. 40. So what we did is you divided the uh, beers into two groups of 20 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you split us into two groups of three. Yep. So three judges, 20 beers. Yep. And it was 10 beers. You taste them all. You, you know, write what you want to write about them and you select two or less mm-hmm. to move on to the next round. And then you got the next 10 beers, two or less. There were ample crackers, lots of water, uh, you know, coffee beans to smell to reset your palate. Um, everyone took this very, very seriously. Um, yeah. Everyone was very focused. No one was on their phone. Um, it was quiet. That was very nice. 
So why yeah. did why did you guys break this down this way? So I think um, it's very overwhelming to look at 40 beers and say, we will choose the best one. So we wanted to break that 40 down to 20, but even within the 20, there were two flights of 10, as you mentioned. And I think it's just more manageable uh, when you have the judges choosing the best one or two from the flight of 10. Um, So really, you know, it comes down to sort of competition management. What I think is really interesting is that um, ultimately uh, Ruth Gresser, who owns Pizzeria Paradiso, and Jeannie Burns, who was uh, representing the D.C. Homebrewers Club, ultimately picked the best one, two, and three, even though Jeannie is uh, a beer judge, you know, certified beer judge. And I think this was Ruth's first ever uh, judging competition. And yeah, so I but think Ruth. Really, I mean, Ruth yeah. has an amazing palate. Seriously, True. I, I would have. I would have never known. You know, if 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 I had never known that she had never judged the way that she describes beer and the the flavors that she's able to pick out, I would have never known this was her first. Yeah, I think being a professional chef and restaurateur helped her a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> once we once we get moved uh, beers forward, we basically narrowed it down to six beers, and then we all came together as a collective group and tasted these six beers blind. And then we were to select one, two, and three. Yeah. So why was it important to have that distinction of tasting it blind? And when I say blind, I mean we weren't given the name of the beer, we weren't given the descriptors or what was in it or the alcohol by volume percentage. We were just given this is beer one, this is beer two, this is beer three, et cetera. Yeah, I think um, going from... 20 to 6 was challenging, but like you said, in in beers 1 through 20, you got the name of the beer, the strength of the beer, like the alcohol by volume, and then whatever the brewer thought that he or she needed to tell you in the tasting notes, right? Like, this one had Amarillo, this one had Mosaic, this one had pizza crust in the mash tun. That was real. (laughs) That was real. (laughs) Um, And so I think ultimately to to do the 6 Uh, the final six best of show, nameless, it kind of guarantees, you know, objectivity or that no bias was carried forward. I mean, you probably, Sarah Jane, could could remember which one out of the first 20 were represented in in the round of six. Mm -hmm. But it's it's to try to ensure as much, you know, um, a level playing field as possible. Yeah. And when we got to that six... Uh, that was when we, I think, we had the most deliberation, um, the most kind of back and forth. Uh, and I will say, in, in my beer judging experience, this was the most painless uh, experience as far as judging goes, because when that deliberation came down, there were no egos. Uh, no one felt weird, you know, saying like, oh, actually, I liked that one. Um, I was that person, um, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, but it was, it was nice and, and everyone was taken seriously. So, you know, if somebody had an opinion, it was able to be like, all right, well, I disagree, but why do you think that? Um, which, you know, in judging is not always the case. Civility doesn't always prevail. (laughs) I think we lucked out with the, the combination of personalities and people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as, um, managing the beers themselves, I mean, you guys were running around like crazy. You had all these different glasses and all these beers and then labels and spreadsheets and all kinds of stuff. Like how much, how much extra work was added to your day kind of running around and everything? Um, 
I mean, 40 was a lot. Yeah. The morning of, we sort of made a couple of game time decisions because we had so many. Um, and I think once Mike and I kind of got into a groove where I was pouring the beers and he was serving them to you, mm-hmm. and we had a number system in place, so we weren't screwing anything up. Um, it, start, it started to flow, but it certainly went by fast. And as, as the person pouring all the beers, I don't know how you guys drank through all of them. Um, I was totally fine. Totally sober. Um, but the the great thing was, is I was very spoiled because I was in a, a judging, my initial judging group was with Ruth and Jeff. And I was able to ask Jeff some questions. Like if I tasted something in a beer, mm-hmm. I was able to say, hey, Jeff, I'm tasting this. And then thankfully he would say, oh yeah, I taste that too. And then I'd be like, what? happened during the brewing process that made it taste like this. Right, right. So, you know, I am getting a lot of, you know, I'm not calling anybody out here, but at the end I have a lot of cardboard flavor. Like what am I getting here mm-hmm. and why, what happened during the brewing process that made it that? And he was able to say, you know what, they probably weren't able to temperature control their fermentation process very well. And it probably got too hot. Right. right. Um, so it was a really great learning opportunity for me to, you know, kind of, polish up some of that brewing knowledge that is, yeah. you know, just languishing in my brain. So, <laughs> um, all right. So we are going to take a quick break and when we come back. Uh, you will find out the champion. Welcome back to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recorded at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Sarah Jane. I am joined in studio uh, by Drew McCormick, uh, the Executive Beverage Director of Pisa Paradiso, uh, on the phone by Michael Stein, the Senior Staff Writer of DCBeer.com and Executive uh, Education Chair of the D.C. Homebrewers Club. I've knocked up your title there, Mike. Um, so we were just talking about this homebrew competition that took place uh, last Saturday at Pizza Paradiso. And basically, this is a homebrew competition. And the winner gets to scale up their recipe with DC Brow. And then that beer is sold at all Pizza Paradiso locations. Uh, what, until it runs out or throughout the <laughs> yeah. summer? <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> um, so it runs out. we just went through all the different uh, methods and kind of why those certain decisions were made, what the judging process was like and things like that. So please hand me the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our, the champion here, the, the winner of uh, Best in Show, Bragging Rights, and the opportunity to brew at DC Brow, Tim Ryan. Yes, Woo-hoo. thank you. Welcome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, oh, yay. <laughs> Jack Hensley is a, is a ma- magic worker. Um, so, uh, yeah, congratulations. This is, a, this, is a great, this is a great opportunity for you. I was so thrilled uh, when I found out. I just, like, it just totally made my year. I was so excited. And I was super excited when I found out about the homebrew competition. I've been... I was telling Drew, um, mm-hmm. I've been going to Pizza Paradiso since there was one location on P Street. Um, so I'm a longtime D.C. resident. Um, I go, I live in Old Town Alexandria now, so that's kind of my, my stop. And 
you know, every time I go in there, um, it's just like Christmas morning because um, it's just like a new draft list. So I was super excited, um, and uh, yeah, so I'm just I, I'm just so thrilled. And I actually was at the tasting mm-hmm. um, afterwards. Uh, everybody got to try a little sample. So um, I tried a sip of at least all forty of them, and uh, they were all really amazing. So yeah, I was I was impressed with uh, the turnout. With uh, you know having homebrew, homebrewing is really hard, and it's easy to mess up, and it's easy to make little mistakes. And I was just really impressed with the with the beers that I would be happy to pay for. Um, so how long have you been homebrewing, Tim? Yeah, so I started actually back in 1993. And mm-hmm. um, back then, um, you know, you had to get good beer. You basically had to make it. Um, maybe you had Sam Adams, if you're lucky, you could find it. Um, and we've used little plastic buckets and the beer, you know, was okay, but not that great. Um, so I stopped for actually many years and just recently started brewing again. Nice. Um, and a lot of it, um, just wanting to get back into it and, and learn more about kind of newer styles like uh, New England IPAs and how they're made. Um, and I just can't believe how far the homebrewing has gone, like the quality of the beers, the ingredients, yeah. the equipment has really stepped up big time. So, uh, Drew, can you tell us a little bit um, about, you know, we've got other runners up, right? Yep. So who is second place? Um, so second place is going to go to Joe Foley mm-hmm. um, for Rye Hen IPA is the name of the beer. And then third place, we have Jeff Sullenberger with Happy Little Clouds. And then finally, we have an award for best name. Okay. Which is going to go to Janessa Gant um, for Drink Before Labor Day White IPA. That's a good Which one. we all got to kick a out solid, of. That's a solid name for sure. <laughs> so the most importantly, though, Tim, tell us about this beer, which you brought for us, which is very kind. But tell us about what, what it took to make it and, you know, what the style is. And then, of course, you have to talk about the name. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I made a New England IPA. Um, which most people are probably familiar with, but it's just, it's a hazier um, IPA and most of the hops are added later. So you get a lot of fruit uh, character to it, aroma, but it's not as bitter as a traditional IPA. Um, And it's kind of a newer style and I really love it a lot. So um, it's called Hotel Amarillo and there's a little bit of story behind that. So I recently discovered this singer-songwriter named Caroline Spence from... Charlottesville, Virginia, and she's got a song called Hotel Amarillo. Mm-hmm. So when I got the email and saw the list of ingredients that were required for the beer, and one of them was Amarillo hops, um, I just made the connection and decided, you know what, I'm going to make a New England IPA that's just got a massive amount of Amarillo hops. Um, I did add uh, Mosaic and Falconer's Flight. Those are two different types of hops sort of later in it, but it's mainly Amarillo, which kind of has an orange juicy sort of aroma to it um and yeah that just that just kind of came together um you know uh on that so that's yeah. it no i mean this is delicious what's the abv on this one again this is a six percent yeah so easy easy drinking yeah. relatively um i would say for me this reminds this is so perfect for summer drinking because it reminds me of a campari soda you know what I mean? Nice, yeah. Like that bitterness with the orange and the carbonation. Like I could sit down on a patio, eat some charcuterie, drink this. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Yes. Or I'm sorry, eat pizza. <laughs> I'm really yes. sorry. We, we, have, we have charcuterie. Yes. Okay, that works. <laughs> so you're excited, obviously, to brew this at DC Brow, right? Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Like this is a home brewer's dream. You have no yeah. idea. 
Um, so I'm super excited. Love DC Brow. Um, and um, yeah, I can't wait to uh, have them scale it up and and then just to see it, you know, served in Pizza Paradiso. Uh, you know, I'm going to take that menu and, you know, <laughs> take it home, steal it and put it in a frame and put it on my wall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is this is a really amazing opportunity. So this, I'm assuming, has been a success for you all at Pizza Paradiso, right, Drew? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I think all the positive reactions we've gotten and all of the entries, I mean, 40 sort of blew me away completely. Were you not expecting 40? I was hoping for maybe 10, 15, 20, so it wouldn't be kind of a, you know, we'd have enough of a pool to pull from that we could get something really high yeah. quality. And I think just... The outpouring of amazing beer was pretty breathtaking. So. Unintended, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and correct me if I'm wrong. The sale of this beer does this uh, benefit something, or is just it's just part of the offerings for the for the summertime? Yeah, part of the offerings for the summer. Okay, yep. I gotcha. So, Mike, I know that you do some homebrew, right? Mm-hmm, I sure do. And you were able to sample a lot of these beers, and I know you and, and Drew sampled a lot of the beers while we were sampling a lot of the beers. Did your kind of thought process line up with the judges? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was trying probably one out of every five at the start. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you guys had narrowed it down to six, I was like, all right, let me pour these out. So I poured them out, offered them to Drew. Um, I don't know if she did, but I know that I tasted all the top six and was really genuinely impressed with each of the best of show. Everyone in that round was a solid beer. Um, and I think uh, Hotel Amarillo is great because, you know, we judge blind. You, you didn't have the name of the beers in front of you. But um, the fact that it was Hotel Amarillo and then three of the six judges didn't know what Hotel Amarillo meant were like, oh, there's only Amarillo in here? How is that possible? Oh, yeah, I remember we had to pull out the spreadsheet and be like, wait, there's no way it's just it's just Amarillo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Tim, as an avid home brewer, why is it important that it's not just Amarillo? Well, I think, you know, with the, especially when you, what they call dry hopping, which means that you add the hops after fermentation's over, um, it just adds a little bit more character. And so you get um, sort of more of a variety of uh, that sort of fruit flavor on your palate. Um, and I think there are uh, some um, beers, like I think they call them smash beers, where it's like one hop and one mm-hmm. malt. Um, and so I actually haven't tried one of those. I may try to brew one of those someday. But I think just having, um, like I said, it's it's probably 80% Amarillo, but just having a little bit of a variety of hops just to kind of give it more character I yeah. think is important. No, I totally agree. Now, um, any advice that you have to people who are just kind of starting out with home brewing? Are there any particular tips or if there's an area that, uh, you know, people need to focus on to improve? Yeah, I think two things, especially if you're, if you're going to brew a really hoppy beer. Um, one is, um, you know, any exposure to oxygen in the brewing process is really bad. It, it interacts with the hops and that will really quickly give it an off flavor. So just to kind of pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the second thing is, and I never did this before, but just recently got um, into this, is the um, water chemistry, like what is actually in your water. There's things like chlorides and sulfates. Um, and in particular with this style, um, the water chemistry is pretty important. So 
there's lots of um, instructional videos on YouTube and things like that. But I think if, if, if homebrewers focus on those two things, I think they'll come out with a great beer. So let's dig into that a little bit. We can get a little nerdy here. So when with this particular style, so style with the New England Hazy IPA, what kind of water do you want? So uh, typically with an IPA, like a West Coast IPA, like the really hoppy piney ones, piney ones mm-hmm. usually you have higher sulfates um, in your beer. Um, but interestingly for, and I don't I guess the guys at Alchemist Brewery or, or somebody figured this out, that for this style, um, if you have more um, calcium chloride, more chloride to sulfate, it gives the, the um, texture of the beer kind of like a softer mm-hmm. mouthfeel. So I think that's really important. Um, so it's just kind of reversing what you would normally have in a, like in a tr- traditional IPA. And they're, it, it's pretty easy to do, especially if you start off with like kind of a diluted water or reverse osmosis water, they call it. Um, I'll try not to get too geeky here, but um, you know, just adding like um, baking soda sometimes, calcium chloride, um, something called gypsum, things that home brewers have access to. Yeah. Um, so it's not that complicated, but just paying attention to it, I think, makes a big difference. For sure. No, we've talked on the show plenty of times about how important water is and you know how it, it needs to definitely pay more attention to that, especially with newer brewers, um, certainly. Well, thank you. I appreciate the little tips and tricks there. Congratulations yep. on this uh, huge honor. This is exciting. Thank you again so much. I am just um, a kid in a candy store. I'm just so thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to send us some pictures of your brew day. Absolutely. Um, now, so check out this beer uh, at any Pizza Paradiso location. Later this summer. Later this summer. <laughs> um, so that is DuPont, Georgetown, Spring Valley, Old Town. Did I get all the locations? Hyattsville. Hyattsville. Ah. All right. So five <laughs> locations. Um, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be everywhere. It's an amazing beer. Order pizza, order charcuterie, sit out on patios, <laughs> enjoy. Um, Mike, Drew, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, this has been Beer Me on Full Service Radio. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram uh, at Beer Me Radio or via email beermeradio at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at FullServiceRadio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.